How many of you are blessed in the presence of the Lord this morning? I am. We are blessed. And you know, we've just been singing about uh, the Holy Spirit and His work. And we were singing about tongues of fire. Uh, I just thought back to my dad's life that in the first three years of his ministry, uh, together with my mom, they saw very, very little fruit. At the end of three years, uh, 1963, for three years after that, they were discouraged um, because not much had happened. But then when they opened their lives up to the Holy Spirit, then He began to work by His power. And it says, that song says, tongues of, and everything changed, by the way, and suddenly there came growth and vibrancy into the church, and the rest is history. And, um, and it says, tongues of fire testifying of the Son. So that's talking about the day of Pentecost when there were 120 in the upper room. And the Bible says, cloven tongues as of fire came to rest on each one of them. Where was the fire before that day, before that moment? You know what? It was in the temple. The Ark of the Covenant was still in the temple right there in Jerusalem. The fire of God was on the altar. The Bible says that the Shekinah glory of God, the blue flame rested on the altar over the mercy seat. But I want to tell you that that flame shifted on the day of Pentecost. It shifted from being on top of the Ark of the Covenant and it came to rest on all of the 120 heads. It was only on that one occasion that there was this physical fire seen on the heads. But what did it signify? It showed that now the presence of God moved from the Ark of the Covenant and it was placed upon every one of us. And so I want to tell you that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, get excited for God's fire. And so that's when, so that when the fire of God then burns within you, you may be seated, when the fire of God burns within you and you have the tongue of fire spiritually upon you, then your life becomes to be, becomes effective for the purposes of God. And so I've seen with my mom and I honor my mom, she's sitting right over there. I honor my mom and I honor my dad because they learned to get to the end of themselves and to rely on the Holy Spirit to do the work. People would come to my dad and say, Pastor Ed, what's the secret? Why are you experiencing so much blessing in your church? And he would say, I can tell you, it is not anything that I'm doing, but it is the Holy Spirit. He was basically saying the tongues of fire <laughs> came and changed everything. And so I want to remind you, never lose sight of the importance of you and I being filled with the Holy Spirit and being empowered with the Holy Spirit. Simon, won't you come up here, please? Simon is our young adults pastor for anyone that's visiting and doesn't know. And uh, the Lord laid something on his heart. Won't you share that, please, with us? Thanks, Simon. Go for it. Thank you, John. I want to read to you just two portions of Scripture. It's the first one is from, from Psalm 2, verse 4. It says, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. And it's just the plans that people are making against God. He laughs at them. And then while, God, while I got that, I also got 
Matthew 18, verse 3 to 6, it says, and this is the, in the King James, it says, and Jesus says this, and, and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become like a little children, you shall not enter into heaven. Whoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And, and the thing that I saw was, I have a little girl, she's 15 months old, and it's not difficult to get her laughing. Okay, I just go pick a boo, and she laughs. It's not difficult because she's not concerned with the things of this world. She's not concerned of, uh, of what she's going to eat because she knows she's got parents that loves her and wants to feed her. Okay, and I, I saw this thing that, that we are still children of God. We're children. It doesn't remember, even if you're the oldest person of you, if you think you're the oldest person in you, will you wave at me, please? Yes, you're still a child of God. And He wants you to remain childlike. And God told me that, hey, sometimes in the past, and I've seen the videos of, of Hatfield and other places, uh, there was holy laughter and people got touched. And sometimes we're waiting. No, the Holy Spirit has to touch us. But I saw this picture of, of rusted pipes, organ pipes, that said, hey, but are you willing to become like a child and, and see your problem here and see how big God is and that God actually laughs over your problems because He's not concerned with them. He's overcome them. Our problems are small and He's a big God. So, so would you take a minute with me and laugh over our problems? Become like a child. And you tell me, hey, but it's serious times. This is serious stuff we're going through. God is serious about His joy. God is serious about you being His child. And He wants us, sometimes we have to, in the physical, do something prophetic to get us going in the, in something physical to get us going in the spiritual. Amen? So, just for a minute, is that okay with you, Go Pastor John? Just for a minute, just follow my lead. Okay? Just for a minute. And be expectant of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. <laughs> okay, just a minute. And if you can't stop after that, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> okay, are you ready? One, two, three. <laughs> I should probably time. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. I love choose to laugh with you. <laughs> <laughs> Unblock those pipes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I choose to unblock those pipes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You can't be depressed when you laugh. You can't. Oh, hallelujah. So whenever you feel those pipes aren't blocked, you're a child. 
the Lord just want to say, Peekaboo, I'm here. I'm here. If you haven't noticed, I'm here. I'm here. He's in the midst of everything. Oh, that was good. Amen. Amen. Come, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Thank you, worship team. You can take a seat. I actually love that. In case you're wondering, uh, John, what did you think about that? I actually loved it. I loved it. And uh, I think sometimes it's uh, absolutely right that we need to uh, do something in the natural to uh, sort of uh, bring about a release of something in the spiritual. And so... um, Lord, we just thank you for the work of your spirit here this morning as we take a few moments to be around your word. We, we just, uh, we wanna keep on drinking from the, the well of salvation, drinking from the joy of the Lord in our hearts. And Lord, I just thank you that you are working with one theme here this morning. It's clear through everything that has happened here this morning that you are working in perfect unison by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, I just wanna remind you, as I reminded uh, in one or two of the previous times, I want to remind you that we really need the Word of God. I want to remind you, you need the Word of God. I need the Word of God. The Bible says that you, you shall not live by bread alone, by, uh, by bread alone, but by the words that proceed from the mouth of God. Some people are wondering why they are are weak and experiencing kind of a spiritual malnutrition, and many times it's because the Word of God is far from them. But the Bible says, I hide your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so it's so important that the Word of God, that we love God's Word. I remember the day when my dad laid hands on me and Mandri to release us into ministry, and these were his words, John, be a Bible man. John be a Holy Spirit man. And so I tell you what, the Bible, the Word of God, and the Spirit of God working together cause you to be strong in the Lord. Amen. Now please, give somebody a high five next to you just to make sure that they're awake, please. Okay. Now, I'm not gonna share for long, but it is important that we do uh, spend a bit of time in the Word. Um. I'm sharing basically about the anointing, the anointing. For those of you that don't know, the anointing is the presence and the power of God released to accomplish his kingdom purpose. Many people think, well, the anointing is when you get a goosebump. Well, it's lovely if you get a goosebump and so on, but the anointing is the presence of God and the power of God released into a situation for God's purpose. And... Uh, And the wonderful thing is that God, when Jesus was on earth, and we're gonna read the passage now, please turn to Luke chapter four so long. Uh, When Jesus was on earth, he declared that he was anointed. But I've discovered that we walk in the same anointing that Jesus walked in. You gotta hear this very carefully, because as we look at the scripture, Jesus is declaring that he's anointed. But you and I, We are representatives of Jesus, and the uh, authority he walked in, we walk in. The anointing he walked in, we walk in. 
This is not some weird, far-out spiritual thing. It's just the reality of what God's Word says. And so I'm talking about the anointing, and if I was to give this kind of a subtitle, I would say, we are anointed to touch lives. We are anointed to touch lives. Now, it says in Luke 4, verse 16 to 21, so he, that's Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and listen to this, and as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Can I just point out to you that it was Jesus' custom to go to church, to go to the synagogue? I believe that it is such a wonderful uh, way of uh, operating that we build into our lives the gathering of the saints. Even Jesus did it. And he, verse 17, was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. By the way, that was not by chance. That was by divine plan. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And here it comes about the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book. And he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. <laughs> now look at this. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. I think this was this amazing moment. Jesus gets the, 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 the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he finds it and he reads this place. And I think everybody was just fixated on him. And then uh, he says in verse 21, and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That must have been a beautiful moment. As Jesus read the scripture, and I think it was the divine like appointment of God that in this moment the scripture was fulfilled and everybody was gobsmacked, middle wicket. They just looked at Jesus. They didn't know what to say because there was a revelation of this is happening right now and Jesus confirms that it's been fulfilled. So he says that today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I want to tell you that you are living in the day when this scripture is being fulfilled for you in your hearing, in your day, in this day and in this age. May I ask you a question? How many of you believe that you are anointed? Raise a hand if you believe that you are anointed. Now, I've discovered whether you feel anointed or not is not the issue. It's whether you believe in what God has said. 
And God, he was say, Jesus was saying this about himself, but as Christ followers, we walk in the same anointing that he was speaking about here. This anointing is ours. And the Bible says that the anointing abides within. You have the anointing which you have received from the Holy One, and it abides within. And so I want to tell you that this scripture is fulfilled in this day and age, and it is fulfilled in your own life. And, and as God works through your life, I believe there'll be times where people just look at you. <laughs> they look at you. They're not exactly sure. But basically, they're realizing that something has been fulfilled. and they're, they're puzzled by this all. But I want to tell you, it is important that you believe that you are anointed. Because the devil wants you to doubt it. <laughs> he wants you to doubt it over and over again. But if you believe the word of God, and you believe that you're anointed, and that you believe when you pray for somebody that God is at work, it's wonderful. And so we need to believe in the anointing. I love to remind people that they're anointed. And uh, our pastoral team know that many times I've, I've said to one of them or the other, or different times I've said, don't forget you're anointed. You know, as you're gonna lead that meeting on Friday night, don't forget you're anointed. Or as you're going out to preach and take a funeral, or whatever, don't forget you're anointed. And I've had to come to this realization in my life that I am anointed. And I don't say that with pride. I say that with a recognition of what God has said over me. And it has helped me to be more effective in my life because I've just taken God at his word. And I challenge you to do the same. I challenge you to believe that God's anointing is upon you. Why? Because firstly, you gave your life to Jesus, and secondly, you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues, and I wanna tell you, if you've received Jesus and you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are fully anointed. <laughs> you are fully anointed. But you have to believe in the anointing of God upon your life. I remember years ago, um, I, I was praying, uh, it was like a young adult's camp, it was called Encounter Camp, and, um, and as about an 18-year-old, I was on this camp for the first time, and, and there weren't enough people to pray for those that were needed to be prayed for, and so a guy called Tony Karam, he was leading the camp, and he said, John, come and pray as well. And so I just thought, ooh, you know, I'm gonna pray now. This is big stuff. Like, I haven't prayed before. I play drums. I play drums. That's what I do. I don't pray. Anyhow, I just like, God, please help me. Jesus, please help me. And I began to pray for people. And next thing, I see tears. Next thing, I see people falling on the ground. And it was a massive thing to me because I was like, wow, I didn't know God could use me. I didn't know that the anointing could flow through me. It was much to my absolute surprise. And then I discovered that I was less likely to pray for people when I didn't feel spiritual. <laughs> and I had to begin to fight that in my own life and I had to say, it doesn't matter how I feel. I can feel miserable. I can even feel depressed and the anointing will flow. <laughs> because it's not dependent on me, it's dependent on the God in whom I'm plugged into. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Don't get quiet on me, it's Friday morning. Sunday's coming. <laughs> All right, so, so I wanna say um, this, that in terms of the whole aspect of the anointing, that um, let me, let me, I wanna read the following, that, that it becomes clear as we look at this passage of scripture that God wants to use us to deal with typical problems that exist in the world. God wants to use us 
to deal with typical problems in the world that mankind has always faced. And God has the solution, but he wants to use you and he wants to use me to be dispensers of the solution. And this is not only in the context of somebody that gets up and preaches. This is in the context of you having a cup of coffee with a friend and you realize something's going on in their heart and you allow God to flow through you and you minister the words of life. You don't even have to pray. Or it can be at school, in the parking lot, and you're picking up your kids from school, and then you discover one of the other parents is going through some stuff, and you don't feel inadequate because you're anointed, and you just allow God to speak words of life through you, and it changes them, and the, bond, uh, the, the, the brokenhearted are bound up. And so I wanna take this out of this mystical realm that we sit with clouds and harps and we, we do the anointing thing like that in heaven. No, no, no. This is real stuff that happens in real life, in the workplace, in the canteen, in the foyer. It happens in real life. So the, the five aspects that we see here, number one, you're anointed to bring good news to the poor. That's what we see firstly in this. You're anointed to bring good news to the poor. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Now, what is good news to the poor? I heard a pastor say, good news to the poor is money. Uh, well, I suppose that is good news to the poor, but this is not what this is speaking about. This is speaking about those that are spiritually poor and impoverished that are like dry bones that God brings you spiritual life and makes you alive. And so I believe that God primarily wants to meet our need of spiritual poverty by giving us his life and his salvation, but also we need to know that God wants to meet our physical needs as well, but let's get the order right. Spiritual poverty gets attended to, and God also meets our physical needs. And if you look at the life of Jesus, he was meeting spiritual needs, but he was also meeting practical needs as well. And he was feeding the 5,000, and he was providing for people in a practical way. And it says in 3 John 1 verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So first comes the prospering of the soul. Good news to the poor is that your impoverished spirit that is dead can come alive, and that is incredibly good news. It says that we would no longer be in our transgressions and dead, but that we would become spiritually alive, and this is good news to the poor. Number two, you're anointed to heal broken hearts. So firstly, I said you're anointed to bring good news to the poor that they can have spiritual life. Secondly, you're anointed to heal broken hearts. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. May I remind you that you did not bring the healing in, in, in you being the source, but you just the vessel. And God brings healing to broken hearts. It says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. You might be listening to us online right now and I wanna say, if you are struggling with a broken heart, God has compassion on you, and he is near to you as you have a broken heart. But he doesn't want to leave you in your brokenheartedness, he wants to heal up your heart, and he wants to bind up the brokenhearted. 
And I wanna tell you, when you look at the world around us, there is such vast need. There are so many brokenhearted people. I think of Robin Williams, and uh, he was a guy who entertained the world, and people would laugh at all his movies and so on, but people didn't know that inside he was crying out, and he was just a brokenhearted man. <laughs> and I don't know if he ever gave his life to the Lord or not, but I know that the Lord would have loved to have healed him. I don't know what happened in the last moments of his life, but what if there had been a Christian who realized that they're anointed to heal the brokenhearted and had spoken to Robin Williams and had prayed for him and the joy of the Lord began to restore his heart. And so I wanna say to you, don't underestimate the power of the anointing on your life to heal the brokenhearted. And I thank God that we've seen many people in this church come to healing and come to restoration because there is an anointing of restoration at work here, but he heals the brokenhearted, it says in Psalm 147 verse three, and binds up their wounds. The third of five things is that you're anointed to set people free and help them see Jesus. Let me back that up from scripture. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Are you anointed? Yes. He's anointed you to preach deliverance to the captives. That's freedom stuff. And recovery of sight to the blind. And sometimes when we're aware of all the problems around us, we feel inadequate. We feel inadequate to help. Because we say, but that person's struggling with thoughts of suicide. No, I, I, I can't do anything. Yes, in your natural, you can't do anything. But I wanna tell you that you are anointed to help bring liberty in that situation. So go ahead and just start to open your mouth and speak to that person who's struggling with thoughts of suicide. And I believe if you open your mouth, God will begin to fill it. And God will begin to give you words. And afterwards, you'll think, golly, where did these words come from? No, it's just that you began to open your mouth and the anointing comes into operation. And suddenly, the strength of that stronghold of death over that person's life is being reduced. Maybe it's not totally broken just yet. I wanna tell you, you can help people stop committing suicide. <laughs> you gotta hear that. You and I can help to stop people ending their lives and, and going into brokenness. Wow. And so we preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. And so I just wanna remind you that deliverance is not for a few specialists. It's not for somebody only who's in full-time ministry. If you're a child of God, you can actually cast out a devil. You don't have to run to the pastor for that. And recovery of sight to the blind is helping people see Jesus. The Bible says that the God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers. Let me just read it. It's 2 Corinthians 4 verse four. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. So people around about you are blind. They cannot see spiritually. Sometimes you think, well, they don't want God. No, they are just blinded, and actually, they probably are crying out for God. And I wanna remind you that God has sent you, that God has anointed you to open the eyes of the blind. You say, how? I don't exactly know how. 
But I know that when we begin to show the love of God and open our mouths, God can work through us. And so I wanna tell you that those blinded eyes of people around about you, that God can use you to open blinded eyes. This is not only what was, what was Jesus' role and responsibility, but I'm a Jesus follower, you're a Jesus follower, and he uses you to open eyes. And so, Lord, we also just pray for our family members right now whose eyes are blinded by the God of this age that you would use us to open our family members' eyes in Jesus' name. Lord, we also pray for friends of ours who are dead spiritually and their eyes are blinded. Lord, please use us to open their spiritual eyes. And we see them rejoicing in God, serving God, worshiping God, amen? With the eyes of faith, we see that. Also, number four, you're anointed to help the bruised. Wow, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And uh, I love the way the King James puts it. Bruised uh, is the King James Version. The other translation says oppressed. You know what it means to be bruised? It means that you're wounded. It means that you're damaged. Something has happened in your life that has caused a damage upon you. And I love the fact that our God is compassionate to those who are bruised. Maybe somebody that you know has fallen on hard times and their marriage has failed and there's been the death of a dream. They dreamt of having this beautiful, happy marriage with two kids, a pigeon pair, a boy and a girl, and, and their marriage failed and it broke apart and they've become bruised as a result. I wanna tell you that God wants to heal the bruised, and the bruised he will not break, the Bible says. It says in Isaiah 42 verse three, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. And here we see God's heart of compassion to people. I wanna remind you that God loves people, and because he loves people, you and I should have a compassion for people, and he wants to restore those who are broken and bruised. And that person at work that you know is bruised. May I suggest to you that possibly you might be the very person that God wants to minister love through to that bruised person. And number five, I'm drawing to a close here. Number five, you're anointed to declare this is the time of God's favor. So let me just recap five things that you're anointed you're anointed, number one, to bring good news to the poor. Number two, you're anointed to heal broken hearts. Three, you're anointed to set people free and help them see Jesus, open the blind eyes. Number four, you're anointed to help the bruised and the drowned trodden. Number five, you're anointed to declare this is the time of God's favor. And I just wanna declare that over all of us today that we are living in the day of the favor of the Lord. There are many Old Testament prophets that longed to live in this day. But you and I get to live in the, the days when God's favor profusely abounds. You could get a little bit more excited about that. Where God's favor profusely abounds. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So this tells me that we are living in the time of His grace. We're living in the time of his favor and in the time of his salvation. And listen to this verse in the Amplified Bible. Um, it says, to proclaim the accepted 
an acceptable year of the Lord, and I love this place, this part, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. What a generous God. How generous in spirit. And I'm so glad we're not living in the dark ages where for 400 years there was no prophetic revelation. My goodness, that must have been tough. You think it's tough being a pastor in the, in the COVID? It must have been tough back then. <laughs> but we're living in the day when the salvation, and listen to this, the free favors of God profusely abound. I'm glad I'm in ministry in this day and age. And listen to something that Tom Ingalls says about the favor of God. He says, favor is when God aligns everything up for you to win. Don't you love that? It is God's grace manifested by divine ability. It's when you experience supernatural breakthroughs. It's when good things are happening beyond your ability. <laughs> you gotta do your part, but beyond your ability, good things are happening. It's the time to declare and experience this and be encouraged that God wants to favor you and bless you beyond your wildest dreams. And I love that. Because in the time of the favor of the Lord, yes, we're obedient to God, we're responsive to God, but then he does things by his favor and by his grace that we cannot get done in and of ourselves. And I think that this is incredibly encouraging. And I declare over you today that you are anointed to declare that this is the time of his favor. This is when his favor is profusely abounding and this is where we do what we can, but God does the extra part. God causes his grace to abound towards us and good things begin to happen and it's beyond your ability. Can we just thank God for that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. And so I wanna end off, won't you stand please right now, won't you stand? I wanna end off today declaring the favor of God upon your life. But before I declare that, I just want to remind you, child of God, not only was Jesus anointed, but you walk in the same anointing of Jesus and you can show compassion. You can touch people's hearts. You can open blind eyes that are closed to the things of this world. And so just realize, say this after me, I am anointed. I believe I am anointed. God's spirit is within me. He empowers me. It's not my strength, but it's His strength. And it's His power that gets the job done. Now I declare this over you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare that you are living in the favor of God, the time in which His favor profusely abounds. And because of that favor, I declare for you that things will line up for you in Jesus' name. I also declare God's divine ability going to work where your ability stops. I also declare for your life peace on every side. Like God gave the Israelites in the days of old, he gave them peace on every side. And I declare God's favor over you and peace on every side. I also declare because of God's favor on you that you will advance even in a time of famine, even in a time of COVID, even in a time of pandemic. And I declare breakthrough over your life because of the divine favor of God in Jesus' name. Now, come on, give the Lord a big hand of praise. Come on.
Now, would you just shout out the word hallelujah? Come on again, shout out hallelujah. Awesome. So, Lord, we just thank you for what you've done today. We thank you that the life of God is in this place. And we thank you that we walk in the favor of the Lord and of our King. We just love you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for what you've done. Lord, in advance, I want to commit tonight into your hands and pray that it would be just a massively powerful time in you. And I also pray that people would come to salvation in Jesus Christ tonight. Lord, I'm determined. You've said to me there must be a, a salvation altar call as well tonight. And we pray for people that their eyes would be opened and the blindness would be removed and they would come to Christ. And so I just bless your people with peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Have a lucky Friday.